Is there anybody love the God that we serve? Yes. He's been kind to us. He's been wonderful to us. We just love him with all of our heart. All of our Come on, let's sing this great praise unto him. Lift it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory.
morning, church. Welcome. Um, we are so thankful that you're here. Thank you for coming out in the rain and the gray uh, to join us here at the hotel. And for those of you who are online, welcome. It is good to be together. We know that um, God tells us his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, is among us always, uh, whether we are with others or alone. But when we are here together with God's Spirit, there's an added intensity. Uh, we feel it together, and it is a special um, reason that we come together and a special thing that we can experience together. Um, feeling the Spirit here in community um, serves to make, make us more confident that um, Christ's Spirit um, is with us all the time. So um, a verse from Zephaniah, chapter 2, verse 3, says, Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land, you who do what he commands. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. Jesus has shown us who God is and what God is like. He is full of grace, love, mercy, peace. Um, he also does have anger and vindication. It is right to love God. It's right to fear him humbly. Um, so let's just pray as we open worship. God, we seek your righteousness. We seek humility. Um, God, we humble ourselves before you and before each other. We know you are close to us. Um, we are so thankful for that. Our hearts feel awe as we feel you and as we remember who you are. We thank you for that, Lord.
from Micah 2. In the last days of the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we, we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Church, I'm going to pray for us, and I invite you all to agree with the words as I pray them. Um, and that's basically what we say when we say amen. We're saying, I agree. Yes, Lord, let it be true. That's correct. Um, so I, I challenge you to uh, try to say the word amen out loud loudly or softly as I pray. Um, and then a handful of times I will say, um, can all God's people say amen? And then we're going to say amen together. So let's pray. God, we believe in Micah's vision, and we have even experienced it here, um, at least in some parts. We know that we're experiencing it right now um, here in this room as we all represent many peoples and we are here in your presence to be taught your ways so that we can walk in your path. Thank you, Lord. Um, you sent Jesus who called himself the word of God. You sent him to us and he even came as a human just like us with real flesh, real, feel real feelings, experiencing the same joy and pain that we do. Jesus taught us and showed us who you are and we are in awe of him. We are so grateful. Can all God's people say amen? God, you promised us through Micah that you will come and broker peace between all peoples. You said that all peoples will beat their weapons into farming tools. You said that violence will not be part of our world anymore, that wars will end and everyone everywhere will feel unafraid for you have spoken. God, let these things happen just like you said. We know you told us that these would all happen when Jesus comes to us again to rule us forever in justice and righteousness. So Jesus, come soon. Come, Lord Jesus. Can all God's people say amen? Lord Jesus, come and bring an end to violence in our city bring an end to carjackings, to gang violence, to murders, to other violent crimes that are happening right around us in the DMV. Bring an end to teen and preteen violence. Come, Jesus. Let everyone keep each other like brothers. Come and let everyone feel safe in every part of this city. Lord Jesus, come and bring an end to mass shootings in this country. Come, and bring an end to bitterness and hatred. Come and bring healing and comfort to all who mourn. On this day especially, come um, 
and heal those um, who are mourning the people who were killed um, 21 years ago on 9-11. Comfort their families. Bring healing over the political, religious, and social tensions that propagate acts of violence. Come and bring an end to violence and wars all over the world. Come to the people of Ukraine. Come to the people of Myanmar, to the people of Ethiopia, to the people of Yemen. Come, Lord Jesus. Can all God's people say amen? God, our creator, we as people, as a culture, we confess the violence we have committed. We confess on behalf of our larger world the violence we participate in and are complicit in. We confess our self-righteousness and the evil desires that lead us to violence. We know we are in need of your mercy. God, our Redeemer, we thank you for the death and resurrection of Jesus. We trust that his death is our death and his resurrection is ours too. We thank you for our new life through him in you, carried on by the Holy Spirit. We will live in your name forever. And can all God's people say amen. I'm going to read the words from Micah again. And I just invite you for a moment as I'm reading or after I read to welcome God's promise um, being kept in your own words. Use whatever words um, that you have to long for Jesus' return um, and to long for the taste of his transformative and healing power as we wait for Jesus. So Micah 2, it says, Peoples will stream to the Lord's presence, and many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken.
Uh, grace and peace to you all, church. Um, let's take a moment to pass the peace of Christ that we have received to each other. If you're online, please share um, peace of Christ in the chat. All right. Um, I'm so glad that everyone's so excited to pass the peace and um, catch up with each other. I hope that you all can stick around a little bit longer after service to continue your great conversations. Um, I wanted to share a little bit about what's going on in our community. There's several different things. So the first is just if this is your first time or one of your first times, we'd love to connect with you more um, and get to know you and help you to get to know this community better. So we encourage you to send us an email, um, and especially if you're online, you're not here in person. If you are here in person, of course, you, you're welcome to um, just come up and say hi to me or Pastor Carl or any um, people who checked you in. Um, and speaking of welcome and welcoming, um, pre-COVID, we used to do welcome lunches. And then, of course, we weren't here in person, so we kind of had to stop that. But we are reinstating our welcome lunches. So if you are new this week or even in the past two years, uh, we'd love to get to know you better and sort of more directly. Um, our welcome lunches are a time where you can um, ask any questions you have about the church. You can meet some of our staff and church leaders and also obviously meet others who are also new to the community. Um, so our first welcome lunch is going to be on Sunday, the 25th. Um, lunch is provided. It will be after service, um, and we would just need a head count. So um, you can send an email to the same address and just let us know if you're planning to come. Um, we would love to sort of officially welcome you um, during our welcome lunch. Um, there's a few things going on that you can kind of sign up for or register or not even join um, on our website. The first is our regular Tuesday prayers that, that's on Zoom 
Um, it's every Tuesday at 8 o'clock this week. Um, that prayer meeting is going to focus on praying for our youth, our middle schoolers and high schoolers. So we encourage you to join. The link is on the website. You don't have to turn your camera on. You don't even have to pray out loud. Um, but it'll just be a time to um, come together in this church and pray for our youth. Um, also on the website, um, small group signups are live. They're happening. They might have happened last week or they're kicking off this week. Um, so if you haven't signed up for a small group, we encourage you to go to the website. There's groups in different locations, meeting on different evenings, and there's also a few Zoom options. So um, please check those out and sign up for a small group. Um, and similarly, we have connection groups as well, and these are groups that are focused around a certain interest, like um, if you love to hike, there's a hiking group, there's um, a commander's football team support group. If you feel like you might need some support this fall, you can join that group. Um, there's a women's book club, sorry guys. Um, although if you're a male and you'd like to have a book club, we encourage you to create a connection group. So you can join a connection group um, on the website. There's also a place where you can propose a new connection group. Um, so please check that out. Um, this year we're also offering about bi-monthly um, classes on what are often called spiritual disciplines or what we're calling rhythms of grace. And so these are ongoing classes and they're meant to give us instructions and um, encouragement and concrete spiritual principles and practices that help us stay in rhythm with God's spirit. Um, so if you're someone who wants to grow as a Christian or maybe you're someone who wants to encourage others um, in their growth as a Christian, um, but maybe you don't have the tools or you don't exactly know how to do that, we would love for you to join this class. Um, so the first one is going to be on the 25th. It's going to be by Zoom in the evening. It's a Sunday evening. And that first one, Pastor Carl will be teaching about the regular practice of forgiveness and repentance. So we encourage you to join that. Um, if you have any questions, of course, you can talk to Pastor Carl. Um, we are um, continuing to collect offering online. And in the month of September, we have sort of a special kind of challenge collection going on for our um, partners in Cambodia, specifically raising funds for a medical um, facility in Stung Trang. And you might remember if you were here a few weeks ago, some people who went to Cambodia from our church shared about the work that they um, were able to hear about and witness um, going on there. So, um, so we encourage you to give, and we encourage you to give extra for this um, medical facility, and the church is going to match giving up to $10,000 in the month of September. So um, we hope that we can meet that challenge. Um, so why don't I pray for our offering as well as some of the other um, announcements? God, you are um, a God of such goodness. Um, you've saved us, and, um, and you continue to bless us when we know we don't deserve it. God, I just lift up this week's offering. Um, we pray that you would use it um, mightily and judiciously and um, in ways that maybe we don't even expect to bless others and to help others to know who you are uh, near and far, including in Cambodia. We pray for the um, efforts that are happening there, um, not just to provide medical service to those in need, but also to share about the grace and goodness and love um, of you um, to those who maybe have never heard of you. Um, we, we lift up um, the missionaries who are over there, that you would continue to sustain them, um, even if in times of discouragement or um, yeah, other obstacles or challenges going on, we pray that you would um, 
continue to give them great faith and perseverance. Um, we also lift up these new opportunities this fall for our church community to connect through small groups and connection groups and rhythms of grace um, through the class. We pray that you would, uh, yeah, just tightly weave this community to be able to support and love each other, that we would continue to edify each other and push each other on to um, pursue you in our lives um, with a closer heart. Um, we also want to pray for our brother, Matt, who's still in hospital. We pray that you would continue to encourage him in his, um, yeah, maybe times of feeling discouraged or defeated. Um, we pray that you would just lift up his heart. We also pray that physically you would continue to heal his body, that he would bring full restoration to, um, to him physically, that he may be able to jump and dance and, and shout and sing for joy, um, and we pray that you would just heal him. We also lift up our brother Delwyn and his family in this time of um, mourning and um, just so much going on for his family. Um, we pray for, um, yeah, that you would encourage his heart, that you would give him um, a sense of peace and, um, yeah, a great sense of love and encouragement. Um, through this difficult time, we also pray for um, Josie and the kids that they would, yeah, be surrounded by encouragement and love that we as a church would be able to support them and love on them in this time when they're going through so much grief and um, heartache. Uh, we just thank you for this community, Lord, this um, body that you've given to us um, to encourage and love each other. We pray that we would um, be your um, examples of grace and love to newcomers new newcomers and older newcomers, um, and just that they would be able to experience you um, here at Great Commission Community Church. Um, we just thank you for all your blessings, both um, financial and, and, and material and um, relational. We thank you so much just for um, the ways that you pour out your love on us. And uh, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before Pastor Carl comes up to give um, the sermon today, we have a video from our head pastor, Pastor Steve um, so we'll play that first. Hi, church. I uh, hope everyone had a, a good summer. Uh, this past April, the pastoral staff and the governance board spent the day thinking and, and praying about ministry goals that we want to pursue this year. Uh, from our time together, listening to God and to one another, we came away with three goals. Number one, we want to see 20 baptisms by the spring of 2023 leading people to experience new life in Christ is one of the most important things that, that a church can do. Therefore, this goal of baptism continues to be a goal that we set for ourselves each year. We'll pray and implement steps so that by the, by the grace of God, uh, we can see 20 baptisms this year. Number two, we want to pursue a greater degree of holistic health. One of the biblical truths is that all of us are fallen and broken. Coming out of COVID, for most of us, either our brokenness has become more noticeable or, or, our, or the season has exacerbated our already damaged souls. However, the good news is that Jesus wants to heal us, renew us, restore us. So no matter where we are, let's pursue a greater degree of holistic health together this year. Number three. We want to increase our gospel presence in Pentagon City and in Tyson's Corner. We believe that God has placed us at these two locations. However, since we don't own a church building, we can easily do church without being incarnational. 
And we want to start to own and care for these two locations, trusting that God has us in these two places. Now, these three goals will be supported by our yearly and monthly ministry plans. And of course, we will be praying. We fully acknowledge that apart from God, we can do nothing. I look forward to all that God has for us as we pray together and work towards these three goals this year. Good morning, everybody. Um, thanks to Pastor Steve um, for sending that along to us. Um, just encourage all of us to keep keep those words um, that Steve just gave to us in mind as we pray for our church community, um, and just encourage you. Yes, let's let's pray for our church community, like uh, for one another, um, but also just for our community as a whole. Um, and, um, you know, just like any group, we sort of set these goals for ourselves, um, you know, just to give us somewhere to aim and uh, give us things to shoot for and um, work toward. And so I just really want to encourage you to keep that in mind, pray. Um, I, I know um, we have these Tuesday prayer meetings, and this uh, coming Tuesday, like Julie said, we're going to be praying specifically for our middle and high school students. Um, like, they're not necessarily going to be on the call, but uh, that would be really cool, actually. But, um, but we're just praying for them. But, I, you know, I just want to encourage you all, um, like, those Tuesday prayers. I mean, I know we pray here, and it's, it's awesome that we do that. We, we love doing that together. Um, but just want to encourage you to come out to Tuesdays and, um, yeah, just I, let your sort of flames be um, stoked you know, that kind of thing, and um, just be part of this, you know, I, I know we all have our own lives, um, but we also, as a community, we, we really have a life together, um, and whether you've been here a few weeks or, or many years, um, I don't know, if, if you're part of this community, like, you're really part of a life together, and so um, and it's just really important for us, like, I, I would say it's even foundational for us um, to be um, praying together, all right, so just want to put that out there. Um, today, we are um, starting a new series. If you're like, hey, we, what happened to Mark? We, we only got halfway. So that's intentional. So we, we got through the halfway point or so of Mark, and we're going to continue the rest of Mark uh, in the spring during our season of Lent. Um, and for now, we're going to switch gears and go um, like rewind through our Bible, and we're going to go to the story of Jacob in Genesis um, and so today is the first uh, Sunday. We'll be looking at the life of Jacob. The series title, as you can see here, is Learning to Trust in God. Learning to Trust in God. And we're going to see that Jacob is actually not so good at doing that. He, he, I mean, he has to learn for a long time. Um, you know, when I was in seminary, um, I was in this class. Um, and as part of the class, we had to read these um, biographies these Christian biographies, these biographies of sort of Christian heroes, like they're like missionaries who um, were martyred and, and, I don't know, like the founder of the Salvation Army, that kind of stuff. And um, I think it was meant to inspire us and encourage us. Um, I had a close friend in that class, and he really disliked these books. Like, he intensely disliked them because he found them very discouraging um, because he just felt like, oh, I, you know, I'm nothing like these people 
that we're, we're reading about. And, um, you know, I could definitely sympathize. And, and part of it was also because it's not just that these were such great people. It's just the way that these biographies that were written were just like, oh, these people were like faultless. And, um, you know, there's no, you know, kind of a lot of biographies that we're probably more used to, just general ones. You know, like we see good things, but we also see bad things, you know, and we also, like those are the ones that actually make the news. You know, this new book came out, and it turns out this guy was a big jerk to whoever, you know. Um, but these Christian buyers, they don't have that stuff. Like there's no chapter about it. Oh, and also let's talk about how he was whatever, misogynist, you know, there's nothing like that. And so um, it's, it, those books can be actually very discouraging. This um, story of Jacob that we have in Genesis, and actually the stories of his uh, forefather Abraham and um, Isaac, they are actually not anything like those um, Christian biographies. They're actually very critical and very unflattering presentations of these people. And um, I hope you look forward to looking through this story um, as, as we are as a pastoral staff. Um, before we read from Genesis 25, which is the beginning of the story of Jacob, I'm actually going to read from Genesis 12, and uh, I think this is just an important um, sort of context or introduction to the story of Jacob, because it's not just a story of Jacob, it's really a story of this people that end up being named after Jacob, um, this people called Israel. And in some ways, we are related not by um, like DNA or by blood, but um, through faith is what the New Testament tells us. But we'll, we'll talk about that over the coming weeks. Um, and here in Genesis 12, we see this beginning of the story of this people, like us, the story of us. It's not just a story of one person. It's a story of us. And here we go, chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, also called Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And we see in the um, ensuing chapters that promise get reiterated and also sort of like kind of added on to. And what we see God promising to this person, Abraham, is that he will be a father to many children, okay, uh, through generations and generations. And his larger family will be God's special agents of blessing to the whole world. And this promise that God gives Abraham actually ends up um, being fulfilled through like a specific lineage um, of Abraham's. And so we see it going from Abraham to his son Isaac. And then what we're going to see here in chapter 25 and following is that promise also going through this lineage of this man, Jacob. Okay, so... Here we go. Here is our passage um, for today, Genesis 25, verse 19. I know we already started reading, but I'm going to pray for us. Lord, we pray as we sit before your word, as we are here to listen and learn and learn to trust you. Lord, indeed, help us to learn. Indeed, speak to us. Indeed, teach us, Lord God. Encourage us, strengthen us, Lord. And we pray that your word, which is, like we just sang, uh, hope 
um, that can spring from ashes. Lord, we pray that it would be like that indeed for, for us and for uh, people around us, not in this room. Um, that your word would, it, again, uh, be, um, Lord, a source of hope even coming out of ashes. Lord, we pray this in your son's holy name. Amen. All right, Genesis 25, verse 19. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac. And actually, just for fun, we'll, we'll pronounce these names in, in sort of a, like the, the way they're written in the ancient Hebrew. Okay, so Abraham fathered Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rivka, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, of Padan Aram, the sister of Lavan, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife, or it could be prayed to the Lord with his wife, because she was barren. Okay, remember, the promise from, from God to Abraham through, um, through Isaac as well is that um, this family is going to be many, Okay. And the problem is, well, even though we have this promise, um, we have no children, okay? And so Isaac prayed to the Lord for or with his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and Rivka, his wife, conceived. Verse 22, the children struggled together. So, hmm, children, there's multiple children, hmm. The children struggled together within her, and she said, if this is, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? Basically, what's going on? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And that's very vague. We don't know what that means. She went somewhere, um, but we don't know if that means like she went somewhere and then she had like a dream or she had some sort of personal vision experience or she went to see somebody, um, like a seer or something. We don't know. It's very vague. But what we do know is that the Lord actually spoke to her. And this is what the Lord said to her. I've or, sorry, two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you shall two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. That's a climax of this poem. It builds up to the older shall serve the younger, and that's very surprising, especially in that culture, because the older people have all the rights, okay, all the benefits. The older shall serve the younger. All those who are youngest children here, you know how that goes. The older shall serve the younger. Is like, what? Okay, then verse 24, when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called him, they called his name Esau. By the way, you know, you're like, oh, the Hebrew word for hairy or cloak or red must be Esau, but it's not. It's actually very, like, interesting. You can Google it. It's like, what? Where? I don't know. So why was his name Esau? We're not quite sure. Anyway, um, verse, <laughs> verse 26, afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's a cove. So his name was called Yaakov. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter. Esau was a man of skillful hunting, a man of the field, while Jacob was a man of quiet, dwelling in tents. Verse 28, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rivka loved Yaakov. 
So you can see right from that verse, like it's probably not gonna be the most healthy and functional of family stories. Um, but um, this is what we have. These are the heroes of Israelite uh, faith and history. Um, I'm just going to stop here. We're going to read a few more verses in a moment, but I'm just going to stop here and say um, God's word is reliable. Okay, God's word is reliable. Just keep that in mind throughout this whole series. Keep that in mind as we think about this passage that we just read. God's word is reliable. That is, we base our expectations, we base our prayer on God's words. Okay? Here, when um, Isaac and Rebekah could not conceive and they prayed to the Lord, it wasn't just any old couple that is having a hard time having kids like praying. I mean, yes, if you're a, if you're a couple and you're, you want to have kids and you, uh, you're, you're struggling to do that, yes, I'm, I'm sure God invites you to pray because God has compassion and we depend on that. You know, in your mercy, in your tenderness, could you, you know, we want this. Could you um, help us conceive? Could you let us conceive? Um, but here, this is a very specific couple because they have received God's promise. God told them they were going to actually be forefathers to many children. So when they prayed, they weren't just kind of hoping, like, oh, it would be great if this happened. But they were able to pray with faith and with confidence because God had spoken. God's word had come to them. When Rebecca inquires of the Lord about what's going on, like why is my pregnancy so hard, the Lord says, there are twins, like there, I mean, he doesn't say it exactly like that, but there are peoples in your womb, and they, they are divided, and one will be stronger than the other, and surprisingly, it's the younger one that's going to be the stronger one. From that point on, like, Rebecca should know, okay, this one who ends up being named Jacob, Jacob is the one who will be stronger, actually. And, and perhaps this blessing, like this, um, this promise of God will go through the line of Jacob. But what we see throughout this narrative that we're going to be looking at over the next um, two months, they don't rely on God's word. And Jacob's story is a story of maneuvering, of weaseling, of um, just trying to make things happen on his own, um, with very few exceptions. And, um, you know, actually at the end of his life, we're going to come to this in two months, this is a quick preview of the last episode of this series, um, Jacob says, you know, when I think about my life, my life was uh, short and it was hard. Um, even though his, his narrative actually starts with this incredible promise from God. Okay? We just want to say God's word is reliable, and we base our expectations best on God's words. Um, you know, when we pray, we pray like Jesus. We pray like Jesus because we are followers of Jesus. We do things like Jesus. We love the things that Jesus loves. We hate the, we hate the things that Jesus hates. Amen. Um, not perfectly, I know, but that's what we aspire to. We follow the way of Jesus. And we also want to pray like Jesus prayed. Okay? Like, he's our best example of prayer. He's our model, our teacher of prayer. Okay? 
I mean, it's not that we can't read books about prayer from other traditions or whatever. Um, we can't read something about mindfulness, whatever. I mean, that can be fine. But, like, our ultimate teacher, the one who's, like, teaching on prayer trumps all the others for us is Jesus. And how did Jesus pray to God, whom he called Father? Well, he, he, he called him Father. That's one way. That's why we call God Father. I mean, was Jesus asking God to do, like, randomly nice things, and he just had kind of faith, you know, um, in kind of something, you know? No, like, the picture we have is Jesus doing God's will and praying for God's will to be done. You know, Jesus says that he does what he sees the Father doing, and he teaches us as his disciples to pray a certain way, actually. And um, this is from um, Matthew 6. He teaches us, our, this is how you're supposed to pray, our Father. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, the picture of Jesus praying is not him treating God like some kind of wish fulfiller. You know, like we bring our lists, and hopefully if we show that we are sort of good enough people, if we ask the right way with the right sort of religious words and religious formulas or religious posture, then God will give us what we ask. You know, that's how we approach Santa Claus, I guess, but that's not how Jesus approached God our Father. You know, like this passage, Genesis 25, is not a guarantee that if you're struggling to conceive, then you can pray and expect God to give you a child. Like, you can pray, but I think in, in most cases, there's not a, a promise from God. We lean on his kindness. We lean on his compassion. So again, it's good to pray to our God intimately, uh, to our Father, you know, with trust. You know, but this passage is not a promise like for every couple. This, this particular couple, Isaac and Rebecca, have received a very unique promise from God. Um, you know, like related to what Pastor Steve just shared in the video that we saw, God, for example, like didn't promise our church. Like it's not like we were as a staff or leaders praying and, you know, God spoke to us um, that, you know, 20 people are going to get baptized. So we wrote that down like, okay, that's our goal, 20 people. Got that. I mean, if that happened, that would have been awesome. But that's not how it happened. Um, and I heard somebody guys like, what? You guys got to pray more. <laughs> you know? It's like, what kind of goals are Anyway, but, um, but you know, so if like 20 people don't get baptized, it's not like God went back on his word or his word is not reliable. You know, but what God does say to us in Scripture is that he has made us his agents of good news, his ambassadors of euangelion who are meant to speak about Jesus and speak about Jesus fruitfully. You know, we are people who are meant actually to heal people. We are people who are meant to speak God's forgiveness, who are meant to speak about his judgment, who are called to exercise demons, actually. That's, that's us. So we pray for these things to be done according to his word. You know, not every sickness will be healed before Jesus returns. Not every demon will be exercised. Not every person will be baptized. But when we pray for these things, we are praying according to his words spoken to us. You know, we prayed earlier for things, you know, for like the endings, endings of violence. You know, based on God's promise through Micah, we don't know exactly how it's going to happen, at least before Christ comes. We don't know for sure the policies or laws that are needed. But we do pray for peace with faith. You know, considering God's word to be reliable. We pray for Christ's return with so much longing and with confident faith because he told us that he's coming again. That's why when we say, Lord Jesus, come again, come again soon, it's not just, 
man, that would be really great. Man, wouldn't it be so great if Jesus came again? Man, that would be so awesome. No, God promised that. Jesus promised that. And so we hold on to that with confidence, and we have longing for that. We have trust in that in our prayer. And we can say that together every Sunday. We can say, come Lord Jesus, with faith, with deep confidence, not just like a wish that we're putting out into the world, but with deep confidence and with deep faith. Lord Jesus, come again soon, because we know he will. Amen? Amen? That's, that's prayer, Christ's way. You know, I, I think people, in our, actually, let me just, I'm just going to read this one thing, just like a little nugget. Um, this is James 5, the end of James, uh, the letter of James in the New Testament. James 5 says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as is working. It, for example, look at Elijah the prophet from the Old Testament, was a man with a nature just like ours. He was human, just like us. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. You know, but lest you just take that and run and, you know, think, okay, he just, he just named it and claimed it in prayer. And he just had faith, so we got to be like that. Before we do that, let's look at the story of Elijah that the Bible tells and we're not going to read that. We're doing another story today, but just let me summarize. If you look at 1 Kings 17 and 18, God actually tells Elijah, you know, it's not going to rain. And then later he tells Elijah, it's going to rain again. That's why Elijah can pray so confidently for no rain, because God said so, all right? That's what we do as Christians. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, um, including Christians, believe in not reliable words for all kinds of things they want in life. You know, they, they want, we wonder, we wonder if we can, like, name it and claim it in prayer. You know, and sometimes it's actually based on people like Christian preachers or teachers or authors saying that God promised something that he never actually promised. I'm going to ask, Jason, can we show that one image? Um, oh, you know what, by the way? We'll, well, actually, we'll save these. Sorry, can you show the fourth image? Sorry about that. Yeah, this, I found this super hilarious. Um, but anyway, I, hope, I don't know, some of you guys can relate to that, you know. But, um, but you know, this is a kind of thing. Yeah, thanks, you can take that off. But, um, <laughs> like, um, I feel like this type of thinking was prevalent, especially when it came to, like, romantic relationships and stuff like that, like, a while back, and American Christian youth teaching especially, you know, where you'd hear Christian teachers telling people, telling teens especially, like, to abstain from sex with a promise that if you abstain, God would give you a wonderful marriage later. You know, some of you guys experience that. Like, experience that false promise, I mean. That's not in the Bible. You know, like, actually, we abstain because God tells us to and because we love God and we follow Jesus and want to honor God with our bodies, not because of a false promise that abstaining will give you a great marriage later. You know, like, let's put our faith and confidence, let's build our prayer, let's build our life around God's word. You know, when we pray, let's pray, just like Jesus taught us to pray, our Father, your will be done, your kingdom come. We pray for the sake of God's prosperity, not ours, amen? That's how Jesus taught us to pray, everybody. I mean, as Christians, let, like, let's grow up. 
You know, like, let's be serious about loving God and not loving ourselves. Like, let's be serious about a generation of selfless faith. Let's be serious about, like, praying and living like Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, by the way, like, this word of God and prayer kind of going together, this is the way our worship together every, way, every week looks. You know, we hear, like, if you're here on Sundays, we hear God's words in Scripture, then we sing. We hear more of God's words, then we pray. We hear more of God's words, then we take communion and pray and sing again. Like, when you pray by yourself or when you pray with a friend, like, this is also very appropriate. This is a very theologically tight way to pray. You know, you read or you remember God's words, and then you pray. You know, and God speaks not just in Scripture because the Holy Spirit is with us and He speaks to us. I mean, He doesn't speak to us only through words on a page. I mean, He doesn't contradict what He's already said on the Bible's written pages because He's consistent and He's coherent. But he speaks apart from the page, too. So let's listen. Let's listen. You know, like, we speak, but we also listen. Yeah, the Spirit doesn't speak the same way that, like, we do necessarily, though he also speaks to us through one another, for sure. Like, he impresses words and thoughts and feelings and images and so on onto our minds, and we process them like other communication, just not via, like, our ears or our eyes. Like, maybe we'll do another class on this, like another Rhythms of Grace class one. But, um, you know, I... I just want to just encourage us. Like, let's really rely on God's words, you know, and let's really make that the basis of our life. Let's really make that the basis of our prayer. Yeah, amen? Okay. And actually, unlike this Jacob guy that we're reading about, um, let's finish this story, verse um, 29, or 27. When the boys grew up, these twins, when the boys grew up, Esau was... Uh, a man of skillful hunting, a man of the field, while Jacob was a man of quiet, dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah, Rivka, loved Jacob. And once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, or in Hebrew it's literally, "Let let me eat some of that red red for I am exhausted. And we find out in a second that it's like a lentil soup. And here we go with those images, by the way. We'll go with those images that we saw. So those are different. Because I know for me, I'm like, red lentils? What are red lentils? Because whenever I have like the progressal soup, there's like the brown lentils, you know? But actually, oh man, there's all kinds of lentils. So maybe this is just for myself. I needed that visual. So there's red lentils, you know, red lentils. And so Esau's like, give me some of that red, red. It's soup made from that, um, the red lentils. And apparently, it, you know, um, it's used for, can you go to the next one? It's used for like dal, like Indian dal, um, especially the red ones. Um, and because I guess they cook more quickly and then they, they get mushy, you know? And so. That's what um, we're looking at. The next image is just a picture of, you know, maybe how that um, kind of ancient cookware might have looked. Okay. All right. Um, so Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red red, for I am exhausted. And by the way, that red red is Adom Adom. And that's, therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. 
okay? This is so very sudden, like, what is Jacob asking for? Sell me your, sell me your birthright now. Birthright meaning as an oldest child, uh, you'll get, like, the, traditionally, you'll get the greater portion of the inheritance, and also you'll be, like, leader of the household. You'll make the decisions, you'll settle disputes among the larger family, and so on. So it's, he, Jacob says, sell me your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die. Okay, he's just tired. Uh, you know, but I'm about to die. What use is a birthright to me? <laughs> like, I don't care. Jacob said, swear to me now. Um, so, so you get, like, the character of both these guys here. Jacob said, swear to me now. He's a weasel. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus, And then we have this final comment on Esau's character. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Like, he didn't care. Jacob was a weasel. Esau didn't care. And I think when we read this text, and as we're going to read text um, for the next two months, we're going to see that even though God's word is very reliable, people, even the patriarchs of the people of Israel, even Jacob, later called Israel, whom the people are named after, people fail to trust God and fail to rely on that word. Like, why did Jacob have to, like, trick his brother like that? I'm sure his mother told him the word of the Lord to them. Like, why is he having to take things into his own hands? Because i got to take things into my own hands. Who cares if what God has spoken? If things got to get done, i got to do them. I mean, that's Jacob's approach. And I, I feel like that's the approach for a lot of us a lot of the time. But I think God wants us to learn this. He wants us to learn to trust in him. God wanted his people reading Genesis to learn to trust in him. God wanted Jacob to learn this kind of all his life. We see God wanting him to learn this. And God actually never gives up on him. You know, God's word is reliable even when we don't rely on it, which is what we see in Jacob's life. Okay, God's word is reliable. God will not be shaken. That is what God is looking to us, and I pray over the next couple months as we go through this, learning not from a mostly positive example, but actually learning from a mostly negative example, um, that we can actually learn to trust in God, like better and better. Amen? Okay, let's uh, just pray briefly. I'm just going to ask you to just say a very simple prayer um, just in your own mind. You can just say, um, God... I want to learn to trust you more. I want to learn to trust you better. Maybe for some of you, you can say, God, I don't really know what it means to trust you. I've never really tried, um, but I'm open to learning. Just say something like that, and God is honored by uh, such you know, simple prayers. Just take a moment, and I'll, I'll close this. Father God, we come to you 
remembering your word, remembering this, the nature of your word and how reliable it is. And God, give us a heart that holds on to your word with all our hearts. Lord, give us a, an attentiveness and just like a grasp, like a holding on to, a clutching on to your word that it would really be the basis of our life, it would be the basis of our prayer, just like it was for Jesus. Lord God, teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. Teach us about you, Lord. We, we Lord, want to trust you. And just like Jesus prayed, Father, uh, let your will be done. Lord, we pray this together as a community through Christ. Amen. Um, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, um, he took our Lord Jesus. Uh, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. And he took a cup and he said, this is a cup of my blood, the blood of a new covenant, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And he said, when you take this bread, when you take this cup, you remember me, and you proclaim my death until I come again. And that's what we do every Sunday. We, we come together, not just as individuals, but as a community who are following Christ, a community following Christ, um, saying, Lord, we remember that you gave up yourself. Like you, Lord, we remember you're not like a taker, but you're a giver. And that's what we identify with. Lord, you gave us your body. You gave up your blood. And we thank you. And we're following you. So I just, uh, we're going to say this um, just quick summary of, um, of the story of Christ uh, called the Apostles' Creed. And after we do that, I just encourage you and invite you to come. There's um, some elements, a cup and wafer um, packages uh, up here at the front and also in the back. But as you come, just be grateful and also just Say, Lord, yeah, we're, we're following you. Okay. Um, we'll start this together. It starts with, I believe in God. Yeah, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Church, come on up as uh, Mina and, and the musicians uh, meet us in some songs. Um, this is Christ's body and blood for you.
Lord, there's no one like you. There's no one like you uh, so faithful to your promises. There's no one like you who speaks so seriously and so like unflippantly. Lord, we praise you. And like Jesus, we build our life around you, Lord. Around your will, around your word. Lord, around your presence. Lord, we thank you. You are beautiful and good and righteous and upright. We honor you, Lord, uh, together. Lord, as we think about who you are, what you've said, what you've promised, and what you've done, Lord, especially through the death and, resu- death and resurrection of Christ, Lord, we are grateful, we are humble before you in your presence. We're humble before one another. Lord, we thank you for filling us with your Holy Spirit as we're like this together with you. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for how you empower us in the power of your name, how you empower us with your very presence, with the power of your word. We honor you. Lord, we receive from you today. Friends, as we uh, leave from here, uh, let's go in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the Word of God, in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, in the goodness of the Father, in the self-sacrificing love of Jesus. That's how we go from here. Um, man, go. Um, <laughs> I'm like, this is, I'm like caught in a loop of benediction. But like, but uh, go in, you know, in this word, um, with this Christ-like attitude. Let's go. Let's be healers. Let's be His agents, just like He called us to be. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you uh, again soon, and uh, hopefully see you on Tuesday and uh, small groups and connection groups and so on. Uh, yeah, take care, everyone. <laughs>